0: This is Pandemic Buzz, a place where resilience practitioners gather to listen to insights from crisis management, business continuity, and crisis communications professionals. I'm your host, Devin Strumentis, a managing director at Widow O'Brien's, a firm solely dedicated to supporting clients to prepare, respond, and recover from devastating events. Throughout this series, you'll hear from subject matter experts from a variety of industries and geographies. The intent is to share insights and best practices that you can adopt during these unusual times, or at the very minimum, human elements that will further connect us as we adapt to new routines, both at work and at home. Good morning, Crystal and William. Thanks for joining Pandemic Buzz this Saturday morning. Good
1: morning.
2: Hey, good morning.
0: Crystal, William, can you take a little bit of time to introduce yourselves to our listeners, starting with your name, titles, and what your organization does and where your focus resides within that organization?
1: Yeah, so Crystal Witt here. I've been uh, managing crisis events for the past, I'd say, thirteen years now. I've been with Humana for a little over four years. My role at Humana is the crisis management lead, and I also oversee uh, policy governance as well.
0: Fantastic, William.
2: Oh, hey, yeah, I'm William Fleming. I'm a uh, pharmacist by training. Uh, I lead up our. um, I'm president of our Clinical and Pharmacy Solutions, which is. Part of the health services side of the company, uh, where I head up our pharmacy division, our clinical operations, behavioral health, uh, clinical strategy, analytics, uh, and the like. Uh, Been with the company about 26 years. And I serve as our, uh, through this pandemic, I'm serving as the enterprise quarterback uh, for uh, how we're responding to it.
0: Okay. So under the pandemic scenario, we find ourselves living and working in today. How's your company sustaining operations? What kind of business continuity strategies have you invoked, such as like shifting capacity to other offices? Is it a work from home situation at this point? Can you comment on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, so at Humano, we've been very proactive in our response. We've been working it for a little over 13 weeks now. And as soon as uh, the coronavirus started hitting the states, we started looking at our work at home capabilities sending the masses home, and those who did not have capability to work at home, we worked with them on software and hardware needs, got them working at home, and we do have a handful of essential workers that still do come in, those that, for example, handle the mail um, in our pharmacies, in our clinics. We've also looked at some of our underutilized services, such as telehealth or mail-in pharmacy, and we've really ramped those up, and that's been a good contingency plan for us to continue to serve the members.
0: Okay, William, anything to add?
2: Yeah, I would just add you know, to Crystal's point. It's been a you know long journey. We actually started uh, working on this pandemic on a uh, what I would characterize as a you know prevention, proactive mode in late January when we saw things developing. Uh, trying to you know make sure we've got the right you know patient protective equipment, uh, the PPE uh, for our clinics and pharmacies and other operating buildings and, you know, as it went from January into February, we moved well, what to what I would characterize as more of a reactive mode dealing with the situations at hand, uh, preparing to get uh, more of our associates uh, out of buildings into home. Um, and so, you know, we so that we could do the right social distancing free up the space create the, the um, the, the, the right safe havens, if you will, for those that had to be in our buildings, whether it's a clinic, uh, whether it's a pharmacy, whether it's our mailroom, uh, we recognize that there's just some folks who still needed to be in the buildings and so by getting those home who could get home getting our. Um, uh, creating the safe havens for those who need to be there, it allowed us to kind of thread the needle between what we needed to do to service our customers and so we were reactive and and then I would say now fast that forward to where we are today we're we're moving from you know prevention to um, reactive and now we're moving more towards really trying to think through the next steps and and really being proactive. On how we're responding to the pandemic and how we're sustaining business operations for our customers, because we are in healthcare and, and and how we how we navigate through that is so important.
0: Yeah, that's great. I think that's a theme that I'm picking up across uh, the clients that I'm talking to as well as the pandemic stretches out. Uh, and it's different for each state, of course, and where you where you work and, and reside. But uh, in terms of starting planning for returning to business as usual, I'm seeing uh, different clients looking across different work streams, such as workforce planning, which, you know, thinking through rotating groups back, what is the prioritization scheduling, human resources and legal, uh, like procedures for new positive cases in the office, once everybody returns, What's the employee attestation for returning to work all the way down to like site readiness from, you know, cleaning, personal protective of equipment, like you mentioned, William, even down to like the culinary solutions. If you have cafes and cafeterias, are you guys considering anything additional to that?
2: Uh, well, I, you know, I would say from one of the things that, that we're excited about is, you know, we had to rush uh, to get our, you know, some folks to home, you know, as, as it was evolving. And now that we've got our, A large percent of our associates at home who can work at home and those who must be in the buildings, in the buildings in clinics and pharmacies and the like, we've got the gift of time. And so what we don't have to do is rush. And I think we've learned uh, perhaps that there are more of our associates who can, in fact, work from home. Our business, you know, we, we continue to respond to the pandemic. We're there for our customers. We're doing all the things to make sure they have access to the right care and, and all those sorts of things. So you know, I, I would say that the thing that we're working on also is patience and make sure that we, we're gonna do the right things, all those things you mentioned. Um, we wanna be smart about it and we wanna be deliberate and you know, pull folks back in once we understand the social distancing rules that are gonna be in place Uh, either at a state level or federal level and or what we just choose to do that's maybe even more restrictive and how do we want that to evolve and what's the cadence and sequencing to, uh, to in fact bring folks back in and at the same time what have we learned positively that says wow you know this was an area of our business that that can in fact thrive from home or this type of person can in fact work from home and maybe we should just leave them at home going forward.
0: Yeah, there's definitely going to be some paradigm shifts in terms of operating models. What cost do you have to continue uh, as we return to the new new business as usual or, or new normal?
2: We've also learned that, you know, all this travel that we do, that, you know, we're several weeks in and, and, you know, while it may not be exactly what any of us would like in terms of not being able to meet face-to-face and do those sorts of things, but that you, you can in fact work in this type of environment you know in in some way and so I, I i gotta believe that there's there's gonna be some real lessons learned around how to conduct business and what is necessary travel and and all those things that you got to think about on the reentry and and the the way we're working today I, I i think we've learned a lot that you can in fact have a business that sustains itself in this environment in some way going forward
0: What's next is possibly more important than what's now. With whom do you work and how do you determine what's next so you're not always responding to what's happening now? Kind of going back to your comment on you're moving from that reactive posture into a proactive posture. So what kind of personnel, leadership, management teams do you kind of integrate yourself with to determine those solutions?
2: Yeah, I, I think that you know one of the things that we've done a, a pretty good job of, and, and Crystal is right in the middle of leading us through it, is preparing ourselves for um, crises and whether it's you know hurricane and sort of natural disaster sorts of situations, whether it's um, cyber and cyber situations we've, we've taken our organization through um, you know, crisis training and, and at times we've had to you know activate it whether it's you know hurricane or, or th- those sorts of things and so I, I think we've uh, positioned ourselves you know pretty nicely, um, as we're thinking about this pandemic and, and how we're iterating through it, um, we, we've mentally uh, called it that there's a containment phase, that there's a recovery phase, and that there's a new normal. And how long those phases are is probably a little bit unclear to us. I'm sure history will give us a better indication for how long each of those took because they probably do overlap at some level. And as we're going from... Containment that we're still in and, and probably will be for some time, to recovery, and ultimately getting to that new normal. You know, we, we've got we've got our key operators across the company engaged in, in daily uh, crisis calls, and and that's where I've been i talked about earlier. We were we've been a bit reactive to the situation, dealing with the issues at hand and, and solving problems, but we're clearly moving to the proactive phase where we're starting to split our time here shortly. Around and balancing the time from managing the crisis, running the business, but then also looking forward to those next steps and being being as as thoughtful as we can uh, on business sustainability, customer needs, and frankly, things we've learned. Let me give you an example of something we've learned that is quite powerful: the role of telehealth. I think we're we're learning that you know here in America, telehealth has been rather nascent for a number of years. We're probably behind other parts of the world on how our customers and how consumers and patients and really doctors use telehealth as a tool to deliver care in America. But I think we're learning through this crisis, it's a powerful capacity builder, just like Uber created capacity in, in, um, in, in you know, riding in cars and, and getting to where you need to be. I, I believe telehealth and what we're learning here in this last number of weeks is something that we don't want to go backwards on. We need to go forwards on it. We need to allow telehealth to thrive as a next way of of care delivery and that capacity creation uh, in the market uh, for consumers to get care where they need it and, and so forth. Because one thing with this virus that we don't know is will there be a second peak? Will it come back in the fall? Will it become like you know, the next flu where you got a flu season, a pneumonia season, and a, a coronavirus season. There's there's still a number of questions. We still don't have, uh, you know, a um, vaccine. We have the promise of those sorts of things, but we do recognize that, you know, we have gotta be proactive in thinking through what if it comes back and what if there is a season and how do we create capacity? So for me, that's an example of how we're really trying to think through um, the strategic side of the next step for how we can support care delivery in America.
0: Crystal, adding on to that in terms of these unusual times and not going into kind of the organizational structure, but more on the humanistic side, who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with, meaning personality-wise, how business chemistry plays out as you work across groups and try to collaborate uh, to keep the business sustained?
1: Yes, I'll say, We do have a pretty amazing crisis team. Um, We surround ourselves by all of the business leaders internally, and we keep a structure that we all follow called CEO Intents. And our number one CEO intent is to uh, maintain calm, and everybody's doing a really great job doing that. So as we get together daily for our 90-minute conversations, we've got leaders throughout the company on a call maintaining calm, following those CEO intents, and, and doing the right thing. And we're really in a phase right now where we're moving slow to move fast, looking at that hybrid period of containment and recovery and surrounding ourselves by those in both of those crisis steps there with containment and recovery. So our CEOs, he's really partnering with uh, his peer CEOs to look at how the general population looks at healthcare and their perspective on how healthcare in general is managing this pandemic and how we're supporting members and um, putting the, the customers first there.
0: What changes have you had to make to HR or other corporate policies to care for your staff as the pandemic stretches out? And William, can you comment on that?
2: Yeah, I, I tell you the, uh, you know, our, our associates are so resilient, you know, what we had to do to get people home as fast as we did, create those safe havens, allow those in the buildings to, to stay in the buildings. You know, there's a number of things we had to do all the way from the, the basics um, of, you know, when we talk about the safe havens, making sure we we're applying the right resources regularly to create safe environments, the right cleaning and all the things that, that go with it. And so, you know, I would say the the thing that underlines everything we're doing is confidence. We're trying to drive confidence uh, within our associate base that uh, we're a strong company. Confidence that when it, they're either at home or they have to be in one of our buildings, that they're safe. Confidence that there is a healthcare system uh, on the other side of this, because arguably there's been some, you know, um, you know, shattering, if you will, of of that confidence, because so many of the delivery systems all across America have been um, have been, um, you know, made into you know COVID centers, and the idea of chronic care, whether it's physical health or behavioral health, is you know, really kind of being pushed to the side a bit, and and so we recognize all those things are going on, so. One of the things we try to work on and we've been working on is, is, you know, communicating with our associates, confidence in them. As far as policy changes, we have enacted some special PTO provisions, just as all of us who've been, um, had to go home um, or had to go into clinic, um, trying to give, you know, our associates special PTO, um, paid time off that, um, because of whether it's, you know, kid issues or, you know, uh, being a caregiver issue that they, they, they need extra time away, that they get it. Um, we've enacted some uh, special caregiving uh, benefits, funds that they can uh, use to, uh, you know, to um, uh, deal with uh, child care, you know, with all the schools closing and, and those sorts of things. We recognize that that is special circumstance that, that we need to provide. And then obviously, you know, if any of our associates gets, you know, COVID on the job for whatever reason... Um, there's you know, the, the coverage of the, of the, of the testing and, and the like and the treatment. Um, we've, we've got all that covered as part of our you know benefits from Humana, the employer. And so there's just a number of things we do. We also have a, a lot of listening posts uh, with our members or with our associates. A number of them want to dedicate, donate their time uh, to the you know, public. So we're trying to help facilitate some of that. A number of them have asked and requested to be able to donate you know, money or donate certain parts of their benefits. We've not quite figured all that out yet. As you can imagine, there's some IRS comp- complications around much of that um, that we've got to navigate through. But, but I, I would tell you that, I mean, there's some, just a number of things we continue to iterate on, recognizing that this is a marathon and recognizing that we're going to be in some interesting circumstance. So we're trying to be uh, smart, um, listen, and then you know apply any you know, policy changes as, as time goes by.
0: So building on both your comments on staff care, Crystal, I'd like to ask you the following question. The world is not all work, particularly in a crisis like this. What should we be doing to be taking care of ourselves? And I'm talking about what are you incorporating into your daily routine from a work perspective, but also from a personal and mental health perspective?
1: Yeah, I'd say just in general for our response, heart and empathy in every piece of this, we're really encouraging people to take the time that they need away. We're not trying to burn out our crisis team, our associates working. And when you work at home and you're not used to that, your work at home and personal life start to blend. So we've, you know, really encouraged people to disconnect at certain times of the day. Um, you know, go for walks, get your team together virtually like you never have before. Doing different challenges together, just making sure that you're still having personal connections because a lot of people require that. Making sure that you're having a home life, you're not blending too much there, and taking care of yourself and. I also realize that a lot of us are working at home with small children in the background. We have dogs barking in the background. You know, we're trying to be a little bit more lenient on that at the moment. You know, as William mentioned, our policy changes of working at home and um, we all don't have that quiet space to do that at this time. So just really just taking care of yourself. We're just encouraging everybody to take the time that they need, take the walks that they need during the time, disconnect for, you know, lunchtime, take a minute to take a breath and come back at it.
0: Looking at the dot-com crash and looking at 2008, let's say your best possible revenue strategies reside in organic growth. William, what are you doing to best take care of your client base, your customers at this point in time?
2: Well, we're in healthcare, and I would say, you know, as we're seeing what's happened uh, around the, the world and around the environment around us with uh, so many businesses going, you know, having to furlough uh, people, uh, we see businesses uh, not open, we see businesses open part time, mm-hmm. and, and the like, one of the things that I've been reflective of is we never left. When we, when we decided we're going to go home, and I remember that that time, you know, uh, vividly. Um, we never left. We organized. We were deliberate. We expert in an expeditious way got our folks home, created those safe havens, and we did that because of our customers. We did that to make sure that they are, you know, the first and foremost thing that that we care about. And you know, what I would further tell you is that you know, when I think about what our job is right now, to you know, create sustainability uh, in what we do in healthcare. care it really is around this notion of um, making sure that not only do our associates have confidence in the health system but so do our members and as they're engaging with us you know imagine being a member and seeing you know someone from you know who wants to come into your home to you know help you with home health or home care do they have the right ppe are they going to infect me? Um, will I be safe? That that confidence in the system is something that we've got to drive through um, and, and and make sure we've got the right educational materials for our members when they think about letting someone in their home. Or if I'm going to go to one of our clinics, do we use the right uh, cleaning techniques? Uh, do, what risk do I have of getting COVID of walking into a place where healthcare is being delivered? We recognize that our our customers probably have those questions in the back of their mind, whether they want to ask them or not. And so I would tell you right now, one of the things that we've got to do very proactively is build that confidence, not only of our associates, but of our members of our health plans, of our clinics, those who go into our pharmacies, that they that they are in a safe environment, that they are in a place where you know high quality care is being delivered, that we've got their best interest at heart. And if we can, you know, do our part and play our role in that and helping shape that confidence meter, if you will, I think that's gonna be a very important thing that will help our members feel safe and secure as 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 they as we go from where we are today to whatever that new normal looks like on the other side of this.
0: And building on that, while it may not be a priority, all companies have to think and consider growth even during these times. What ways are you building uh, growth or thinking about growth uh, under the pandemic scenario we find ourselves in? And this can be growth from a business perspective, growth from a trust perspective. H- how are you thinking about growth?
2: Well, it, it goes. It does go back to that confidence meter. I mean, for me, I, I think we've got to, on the one hand, uh, you know, our our, our growth is, is in the future. Of getting more customers to want to pick our company for uh, their health benefits, um, we've got to we've got to be one that in part helps lead and do our part to, to lead through this. And so, um, you know, driving that confidence, um, doing things in the right quality way, uh, being there for them when they need it, um, those are things that are going to matter. And then and then separately on a more you know probably you know more detailed business front, just imagine you know, what if there are social distancing requirements that extend further than what any of us want? What if um, the environment is a bit different than you know, it, it, it will be here this fall and into next year than any of us want to admit that we're still doing things because we don't know about the curve. We don't know about the impact on the flu. We don't so many things we don't know. And what are the things that we ought to be doing? And, and, and I got to believe that there's a stronger role in digital a stronger role in tele, a stronger role in all those sorts of things. And when, when you think about that, it, what it brings up for me is what are those things that we need to be shoring up now in our infrastructure and our businesses that allow that enablement and allow, you know, more tele, more uh, digital, more electronic, more things to be done. So that when people go to use those things in that potential environment, that they're that they're they got the right speed and that they got the right connection and they got all the, the things that matter to you know to delivering that, that good experience, you know, through that environment. And and so those are the types of things we're we're really starting to think about is how do we how do we make sure that depending on how long you know we move from containment to recovery to that new normal, that we've got the right infrastructure that supports the business on the other side of it
0: crystal if you look back at recent history across these types of crises what type of corporate personality or behaviors are remembered who are the companies and what did they do that no one else thought of doing and this is really talking to brand and reputation and i'll give you an example a couple weeks back i remember reading about uh, the ceo of visa who reassured all of his twenty thousand staff staffs that there would be no layoffs during 2020 based on uh, the, the coronavirus can you think of other examples of corporations that are going above and beyond, or their behaviors will stand out.
1: Yeah, I think just for our own corporation, we always learn from the crisis events by listening, uh, listening to our customers, listening to our associates, and identifying their needs. And you know, one thing that we did do was waive the cost share for all telehealth services, and uh, this this helps our our uh, members who have insecurities about transportation or leaving their house because they have underlying health conditions. They can't get themselves to the stores. They can't get themselves to the clinic. Um, so to be able to have that telehealth is is a big thing. And, you know, another thing that we're doing is listening to the customers that we have. When we're listening and hearing about transportation issues and whatnot, we're finding a lot of them are having food insecurities and we're supporting those food insecurities by delivering food boxes to them and just making sure that they have what they need during this crisis time to to survive and feel comfortable at their houses while they're sheltering in place.
0: William, if the situation goes worst case, what do you wish your company would have done? And this is kind of a real time lessons learned, if any have materialized.
2: Oh, we, we always have lessons learned. Um, we're probably our most critical uh, you know critics, if you will. I, you know, I I would tell you I, if, if I were you know king for a day and could go back and replay certain things, the, the one thing, and and there's probably many but the one thing I would I would hit on is interoperability we've done a lot of work to drive interoperability between us and providers and you know delivery systems and us and the government and us and consumers and us but I think this uh, pandemic is you know showing it's showing that that, you know there's more to do and driving an interoperability uh, so that there's you know, more real time understanding of capacity of in this, you know, in this hospital, you know, ICUs availability in this hospital um, testing and more real time testing. You know, testing. I, you know I, I, it was so frustrating for those first several weeks that, you know, you knew that, you know, patient X or member Y was, you know, a, a COVID concern, but it took five days to get the test results back. And so you you, know, you look you look at that and you go well how could we have solved for that how could we have dealt with that frustration and that friction and interoperability is is the word that comes to mind that there's more to do and there, there's more for us to do there's more for the various parts of the health system to do together and and I, I do think that you know that's that's a for me a, is a huge lesson learned the other one that that I might just poke at a little bit is is you know how do the various you know, actors in the health system, the hospitals, the doctor groups, the payers like us, the the lab vendors, the home health suppliers, the you know you could keep going on. Um, how do they work better together?
0: So last bit of insight to share with our listeners, last questions, and I'd like to get perspectives from both of you, starting with Crystal. What sources, social, traditional media, personal networks, et cetera, are providing the most useful updates that help inform your company's strategy for the pandemic? Where do you go to?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, internally we're working on the administration side, the clinical side, the financial side, as we pull together our teams daily and we really rely on them to give us a market view of what's happening Externally, of course, we're using Johns Hopkins uh, dashboard. We tap into that and uh, we're able to leverage and, and make informed decisions based on severity of cases uh, in any given state, according to um, our customer base or our associate base there. And we talk a lot with our industry peers as well, just seeing what they're seeing. We're watching the news, same as you are, um, You know what's, what's hot, what's not. And we work closely with uh, trying to stay ahead of that. I'm
0: moving slow to move fast
2: too. William, I, I agree with everything Crystal said. The only other color I might add is go to the front line. You know, if you run to the front line, you listen to what's going on, and whether, in our case, the front line is the the consumer, whether the front line is the, you know, the associate. I, I think you'll, you're you're going to learn a lot about what you need to be doing and the problems you need to be solving real time if you got the right listening post at the front line. The front line is where it all happens. And understanding the problems to solve, understanding the challenges that people have, being able to rise above and see those things is really important, but you've got to listen to the front line. It's where the action is.
0: Crystal, William, really wanted to thank you for being guests on Pandemic Buzz this Saturday morning and for sharing uh, such terrific insights and perspectives.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks again for listening to Pandemic Buzz. Please like and share this podcast with your colleagues and be sure to catch our next episode.